1: What is up, everybody? Anthony Cazenza here with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Happy to have all of you with us, whether you're joining us live, listening after the fact, however you may be grabbing the show. Appreciate the support. Hopefully you all had a good Easter, a good Passover, or if you don't celebrate either, hopefully you're just having a, a rocking spring break and having some fun being safe. It's great to be with all of you. It's a little bit of a slower week because we're in that that lull. I guess between first few weeks of free agency kicking off and, and being in the rear view, and then you've got the pro days and everything ramping up for the NFL draft, there's a tiny bit a little, but we still got a lot of things to get to, and we're gonna do that on the Monday water cooler chat chat. Good to see everybody. And this show, as you probably remember from last week, we had Kenneth Giles on from the Symbol app. And hopefully you guys have taken advantage of the offer that they have going. You can see here, I'm sharing my screen here. And if you're just unfamiliar, you know Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Hopefully you're investing in the Bengals because if you heard Kenneth last week, he was talking about how it's a good time to invest in the Bengals through this app. It's kind of a cool, different way. If you're a fantasy football geek, this is a, a really cool way to add to you know, your, your sports betting profile, your fantasy sports profile. Use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. And You can go to www.simbull.app. You can see on the shared screen the website there. And if you go there and you use the promo code OBI, you get a $10 deposit bonus when you uh, you get started in the uh, in the program there, so download the application. It's really cool. It's it's a it's a great program. We're happy to have them aboard as partners. So hopefully you all have gotten your stake in symbol. You got your app downloaded and you use the promo code OBI. Let's get to it. A little gonna start, guys. Got to go. Shameless self-promotion here. Got to go shameless self-promotion. I recently was involved in a YouTuber's 2021 NFL mock draft, courtesy of Panther Nation Podcast, that YouTube channel. They got almost 10,000 subscribers, so go check out their channel. I will share this with you here, what we've got. This is me. Uh, Hopefully you can hear, and you may or may not like what what I picked here for the Cincinnati Bengals at number five. I did not trade, so here you go right here uh, this is me being up here on there on the clock here with the Cincinnati Bengals hey everyone Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the orange and black insider Bengals podcast bringing you the number five overall pick for the Cincinnati Bengals in the PNP 2021 mock draft the Bengals will select Jamar Chase wide receiver LSU, A lot of people think that the Cincinnati Bengals will and should pick an offensive lineman with this pick. However, I think given the ownership's track record of liking athletic, talented wide receivers, and the fact that there is the chemistry between Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow that blossomed in 2019. Yes, Jamar Chase sat out 2020. However, His workout numbers were fantastic. He seems to be a blue-chip prospect. And, oh, by the way, the Bengals lost three wide receivers in free agency this year. I think Jamar Chase is the pick, and the Bengals go offensive line in rounds two and further beyond in the rest of the draft. So that was my lovely appearance. You get to see my beautiful face a number of times here today on a, a couple of different ways. But that was my appearance on the on the Panthers Nation podcast, YouTube, mock draft. Again, not necessarily totally what I would do as uh, sitting in the GM chair, but I, I, Jamar Chase is definitely in that conversation. I just, at this point in time, just kind of felt that he was the pick based on every everyone else that was there. So a little bit of shameless self-promotion that was a minute long there. Only had a minute. Would have liked to have extrapolated a little bit longer, but, you know, didn't want to take the stage too long on their podcast channel, but go check that out. The first half of the first round on Panthers nation podcast, um, all the picks are up. So you can see kind of how things fell the rest of the way there. Let's keep it rolling here, going through the news and notes for the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a good, just not too much to share here. I just kind of want to have you guys use this as a good reference um, in terms of the summary of the Bengals 20, uh, 21 offseason so far from Patrick Judas on cincyjungle.com so you can look at all of the free agency signings here um, what, what the Bengals did a little bit of a rundown on the uh, you know what the contracts looked like the moves they made who they re-signed in terms of their own guys so I would recommend you keep this uh, – at least take a look at this to catch yourselves up on what the Bengals have done or have not done in free agency and in this offseason to this point. You see Samaj P. Ryan, and Mike Thomas, et cetera. So good. Just wanted to kind of throw that out there, maybe a good bookmark for you all as you kind of play catch up potentially on what the Bengals have done in free agency to this point. Let's keep going here again on CincyJungle.com. This was a good one from my usual co-host, John Sheeran. Potential second-round offensive line options for the Bengals. Uh, My my co-host, John Sheeran, is on, I think, Team Chase. I don't want to speak for him, but I I think he's on Team Chase, if you will, for the number five overall pick for the Cincinnati Bengals. And so with that, he kind of said, if that's the way that things are going to roll, potentially for the Cincinnati Bengals going forward, here are some guys that could work. In the second round, potentially third round for the Bengals, Jackson Carmen out of Clemson, Brady Christensen, and a number of others. So really good article. Samuel caused me another another name here. But some of these guys may also go at the top of uh, either the top of round two or maybe some of these names on this list may not even make it to top of round two, top of round three. But regardless, these are guys that should be effective starters along an offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals if they don't go Panay Sewell at number five, Rashawn Slater at number five, et cetera. These are some of the guys who would be on the list for, you know, your day two. Good stuff from my co-host there and, uh, you know, a good solid list of names for the Bengals to check out. Now here, speaking of Panay Sewell, uh, Willie Anderson praising, praising, praising the great workout that, and will put out on Friday before the holiday here. Um, Anderson Anderson said here, I think this was maybe through through bangles.com, but if you also follow him on Twitter, he was kind of glowing about it as well. Quote, the kid had a great day. The arm length is the only serious question. He showed what he has showed on film. He's explosive. He's athletic. And he matched that up with what they thought he would run a big dude, a great day for a big dude. And so I believe I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I believe Panay Sewell in that math bomb RAS metric was in the, was in the nines there, which is really good for a guy that weighed in at 330 pounds. When you look at all of the different metrics, there a good workout for Panay Sewell. Maybe didn't, you know, jump totally off, off the sheet, like Jamar Chase did at his pro day, but for a guy that size, you know, did a lot of things very, very well on Friday at his pro day again the arm the arm length is a bit of a concern the Cincinnati Bengals have Jonah Williams at at the left tackle spot and he's got kind of quote-unquote shorter arms now you know when we've talked about Rashawn Slater another guy with shorter arms you know you, you start to say well do you want another guy as another bookend tackle with shorter arms on this offensive line you have two short arm tackles that's not necessarily ideal but if you know, sometimes you kind of say, you know, the film says what it says, the workouts and, and the athleticism shows what it shows and the arm length. You know, we can do things to, to get around that and, and work with that. So maybe that's what the Bengals mindset are. They do have some thresholds that they like to hit in terms of, you know, guys having a, a, at least a certain amount of wingspan arm length, that sort of thing. So it will be interesting to see what the Bengals do at number five here. If it's going to be, you know, let's protect Joe Burrow up front, get the big boy up front, or let's get him weapons on the outside and then protect him later in the with guys later in the draft. So interesting, interesting thing, but Willie Anderson is definitely a big fan of Sul. And that's, that's a great endorsement for that young man. Uh, Bengals making the rounds at some different pro days. They were, just before we, we transition to this one, they were in uh, um, attendance, at least Frank Pollock was in attendance at the USC Pro Day and was doing in-person drills. He was a guy coordinating drills with Elijah Vera Tucker, a guy who is probably going to be a mid to late first round prospect in this class. And then the whole crew was there for Panay Sewell's Pro Day at Oregon, Zach Taylor, Duke Tobin, and Pollock. Pollock was also doing some drills um, in in person there, one on one with with Sewell, putting him through some work there. So take that for what you will. That's you know that's kind of what was going on there at, at some of these. But the Bengals were also in uh, representing the organization at the Texas AM Pro Day for quarterback Kellen Mond, a guy who there are a lot of different takes on this this young man in terms of the quarterback position kind of gets lost in the shuffle because of you know the big the big three or four names at the top of the class but this is a guy that you know I I think has you know he's got a lot of athleticism a lot of upside the Bengals quarterbacks coach was there on hand and uh, from what I understand it was a pretty it was a pretty good workout he's only 21 years old is is Kellen Mond and was a four-year starter for the for the Aggies there. You see that on, on CincyJungle.com. A lot of big numbers, almost 10,000 career passing yards, et cetera. The 59% completion percentage is a little worrisome at the college level, but is what it is. Um, and he had the second-highest passing grade during the week of practice of the Senior Bowl. So, you know, um, good player, interesting player. I, there's kind of a little bit of an all-over-the-map type of – grading or evaluation of Kellen Mond but the Bengals had representation at his pro day and I think that was something that should be noted this one also is from my co-host on cincyjungle.com wondering if the Bengals are even interested in Kyle Pitts Kyle Pitts should be in the conversation at least to those of us sitting on the outside kind of fits a, a you know a unique versatile type of position you know you can split him out wide, play him in the slot, line them up in a tight end, maybe even have them block here and there. So, you know, he kind of gives you a little bit of, of everything and, and maybe a little bit of facets to both an offensive lineman and a wide receiver that you're looking for and, and fills a lot of needs. Obviously had an outstanding pro day workout. I think he ran four, four in the 40 or four, four, four in the 40 and, you know, looked great as expected and should be is one of the best players in this in this class. You know, I think Daniel Jeremiah has him at number two or three on his big board overall. It's just a matter of where is he going to go. Some people think he could go as high as uh, to Atlanta at number four, right in front of the Bengals. Some people think that he could slip outside the top ten just because of the position that he plays. It's interesting here what John says because Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com did a, a mock draft in which he moved back with the Panthers got some picks at, and then at nine took pits with that, with that pick. And, you know, it kind of moved forward from there. And then I think he was sitting around, he went uh, offensive line, if I remember correctly, but you know uh, it's, it's what's interesting about that is Jeff Hobson makes that pick, but it just seems to be based on media reports, the beat writers, the things that the, the Bengals themselves are kind of putting out there, it seems as if it's a two-horse race, not a three-horse race, in terms of who the Bengals will pick at number five. Which seems to be, uh, in terms of that two two-horse, uh, two-horse race, is Panay Sewell and Jamar Chase. Then you you know Kyle Pitts is kind of that outside um, outside player that would be nice to have, but it just doesn't seem that the Bengals would be thinking about drafting that position that high. So it's just interesting to to see the differing mindsets here and the fact that Jeff Hobson made this pick with a pick back. It is a pretty, pretty killer scenario that Jeff Hobson lays out there in terms of moving back, getting picks, still getting a blue chip offensive weapon for this team. And then, you know, getting picks, shoring up the offensive line in the second round. It's a, it's pretty good move by Hobson there in terms of the mock draft that he played out there. So Uh, I see Kane21014 saying uh, Pitts is going to Atlanta. I truly believe that. I think a lot of people believe that, but Atlanta also seems to be a team that looks to be in the quarterback market, right? Because Matt Ryan's getting up there in age and some of his best days are behind him. He's still an effective player, obviously, but some of his best days are behind him. This is a quarterback heavy draft, so maybe that's where they go. But Kyle Pitts should, should be going within the top 10, maybe slips out of there, kind of unlikely, but... I think even though Panay Sewell and Jamar Chase make a ton of sense for the Bengals at number five, I I just, I don't know what the conversations are within their own walls, but I really hope that Kyle Pitts is still in that discussion because I think he's a very unique weapon that could be used very, very creatively and effectively in this offense for Joe Burrow could be a great security blanket, a great player if used correctly in this offense. So that's, uh, that's my two cents. I hope Kyle Pitts is at least being discussed in, in, Discuss as a realistic option if the Bengals truly are looking to improve their offense, because he's a guy who can help them do that. Let's keep it rolling here. Before we do, again, I'm Anthony Kazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. You're watching the water cooler chat, the Monday water cooler chat where we go through the, all the news with the Cincinnati Bengals, the AFC North, and some stuff for uh, around the NFL there to catch you up on everything that has been going on over the past really the past week since the last time we took the air. And of course we are brought to you by symbol. Go download the application and start investing in NFL teams. If you use the promo code OBI, you get a $10 credit towards it. So go download the symbol app and have some fun. It's a, it's a really unique uh, platform and a really unique uh, partner that we've um, come together with there. So we're excited to be working with them, keeping it moving. The I think this might have been from potentially from I don't know if it was All Bangles. Uh, let me see. Uh, no, it was with it was with Bangles.com as well. This is on Cincy Jungle. But Kevin Coyle, familiar face, a guy who was around for a long time in the Marvin Lewis era, uh, secondary coach, etc. He has glowing, glowing praise for Jamar Chase. Glowing praise for Jamar Chase. Quote, he has a tenacious competitive nature about him. He's got great hands, not good hands, great hands. He will just fight for the football about as good as anybody I've ever seen. He's special that way. The thing about him is he's strong for a guy his size, and he's got good size, but he's not an overly big receiver. But in terms of strength, body position, he's got an unusual combination of skills. Now, when you look at those words that Coyle stated about Jamar Chase, and you look at the pro day workout, you look at the tape, it, it it's kind of it kind of comes together and makes a lot of sense and what I mean by that is you know jamar chase was a guy some people thought he would come in and, and be shorter than six feet he was a little bit over six feet tall um you know maybe he wouldn't run as fast ran you know a sub sub four four um, just you know really kind of blew up and and the other big thing too was the broad jump and the vertical jump he showed a lot of athleticism in those two drills and those are the things when you see these words by by Coyle here you look at those drills and how he performed in the vertical jump the broad jump and that's where you're seeing a guy who plays maybe a bit bigger than his size you know when you see this quote he will just fight for the football about as good as anybody I've ever seen he's special that way so he plays a little bit bigger than his size in terms of contested catches. And you know, he is a guy that can that can break big plays. And and this is, I think, what plays into Joe Burrow's wheelhouse. This is what plays into Zach Taylor's wheelhouse in terms of a profile of a pass catcher that they want at, at wide receiver. That's why they liked T. Higgins, not only because he's a big guy, but he's a guy that'll that'll fight. For a football, a 50-50 ball, those back shoulder fades, those types of things, he'll come down with those types of, of catches. And, you know, when you have T. Higgins, who is now going to only be, I think, 22 years old coming up here, you have Jamar Chase, who will be about the same age, 21, 22 years old. You've got two really young guys, athletic guys, explosive guys. They do things a little bit differently. You know, I think Jamar Chase brings a little bit of a long speed, a, a tiny bit more of a deep ball element. But the point is, is even if they are covered well on a deep pass a, a, a contested catch scenario these guys are coming down with the ball T Higgins Jamar Chase and I think that that is something that really appeals to them uh appeals to this offense appeals to this coaching staff so at any rate the workout numbers the film they all If when you kind of take those into account and you read these words by Kevin Coyle longtime NFL coach you can see why Jamar Chase would be a coveted player not only for the Cincinnati Bengals but for a lot of teams at the top of the draft. So um, that's, that's uh, kind of the deal there with, with Jamar chase. Let's keep going on here. Here's a mock draft Monday, right? We've done this a couple times. Well, we'll we've got a couple of new mock drafts. This one was from Todd McShay. Uh, you can find it on ESPN. We have it on CincyJungle.com, So you can, you can check that out. It is linked on ESPN there and there is a really interesting first two picks that Todd Mcshay has for the for the Cincinnati Bengals he did go with Jamar Chase and in his mock draft he had Kyle Pitts going to Atlanta so he had Jamar Chase going to the Bengals at number 5 Chase is the best wide receiver in the class says Mcshay and then he set uh, SEC records in 2019 with Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow under center for LSU and opt out in 2020 chases a physical matchup for any quarterback uh, and he is incredible at tracking and adjusting to the ball in the air tight end Kyle Pitts could be the guy if he were available and no one is claiming that Riley Reef signing closed the door on the do- uh, drafts top two tackles Oregon's Panay Sewell and Northwestern's Rashawn Slater. Here either, but Chase is, Chase is a dominant playmaker who would make an immediate impact outside. Also watch for potential trade back. There are plenty of teams iron quarterbacks, Trey Lance and Justin Fields in this range. Then in the second round, he, he goes for a guy that's kind of a high high ceiling boomer bust, And that's what you use second round picks, third round picks. Maybe has players that have first round traits, whether it's size or athleticism, et cetera. But maybe there's limited film. Maybe they're they're very young. Maybe, you know, teams just kind of do some unexpected things in the first round and talented players fall into the second round that should have gone in the first round. That happens particularly in a in a draft like this with a lot of offensive line talent throughout the, the draft. You know, you can go all the way into round three and find yourself some really good starters, it would seem, based on, you know, film study reports, etc. But here McShay. Goes with Jalen Mayfield, the big tackle out of Michigan. A guy, another big guy, I think he's got um, some shorter arms there. Yeah, less than 33-inch arms. So that's something to kind of watch. And maybe that is where he maybe starts as a guard, cuts his teeth there in the NFL starting there, and then maybe at some point kicks outside to right tackle. But a very intriguing prospect, a a big guy, and a guy, again, he's still going to only be 20 years old on draft day. And I know a lot of Ohio state (laughs) faithful who may be listening to this show, they go, Oh, Michigan player. Oh boy. Um, But no, he's, he's a big, a big player. He's got a lot of talent, a lot of a high ceiling. It would seem it's just, you know, the arm length, which is not ideal. And then, you know, just limited um, you know, uh, some limited starts and whatnot, but a guy, this would be a good scenario for the Bengals. You know, you get a talented offensive lineman who you could potentially plug and play at, at guard day one, and then, you know, could be a Riley Reef replacement down the road. And then obviously you get Jamar Chase at five. So interesting mock draft from Todd McShay. And then we've got, speaking just more Jamar Chase talk here, we got a Bengals coach who denies that Joe Burrow is lobbying for Jamar Chase. This is by Adam Haste on cincyjungle.com. Um, According to Trey Wingo of Pro Football Network, he had a podcast where he was talking, I guess, to some Bengals coach. He, he didn't name names, that I don't believe, but you quote, you've heard a lot this week about Joe Burrow potentially lobbying for Jamar Chase. Wingo said, I can tell you that I got a text today from a member of the Bengals coaching staff that said, I have seen that out there. Not sure where that came from. That's not Joe. That's not how he is at all. He gives us great intel on LSU guys, but is respectful of his role as a player and ours as coaches and scouts. So go check out um, Trey Wingo, who was a longtime member of ESPN now with pro football network does a podcast and a lot of different things for that great website, but he claims through a Bengals coach that Joe Burrow is not actively lobbying for Jamar chase, probably giving him giving the staff good reports on the player and what he does best, what he doesn't do best, that sort of thing. But, um, you know, I don't think he's pounding the table according to Trey Wingo and this Bengals coach here. So take that for what you will. The, our, our, our buddies, Daddy-O and Hoji of DNH sports, their podcast. Uh, it's on the Believe podcast network. This is uh, so on this one here, go check this out. The, the articles on cincyjungle.com, but basically they had a, an interview with Wayne box Miller, a local um, sports anchor sports reporter in the Cincinnati area. He's covered the Bengals for a long time. And, you know, a lot of what uh, Miller has seen and basically just reading the tea leaves, he believes, and, and they believe that uh, Panay Sewell is going to be the pick uh, to get short up the offensive line and get, and get that, going there. So go check out that podcast. Interesting interview and interesting take there. Um, you know, it's a, it's a good interview there. So check that out. And it just notes that Panay Sewell checks a lot of the boxes. And especially when you kind of look historically at the Cincinnati Bengals and what they like to do, checks a lot of boxes there. This is from our friends over at All Bengals. Speaking of familiar faces, um, and familiar names with the Cincinnati Bengals making appearances and interviews. Bruce Kozerski, a guy who played, I think pretty much every single position at some point on the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line, had a start, you know, every single position on the line played in Super Bowls and, you know, really, really, really good player. Um, You know, over, was overshadowed by Max Montoya and Anthony Munoz, but a very good player for a, a really long time. With the organization, um, he, he spoke with Nicole Zembrot over at All Bengals through the uh, Sports Illustrated Network there. And he had glowing reports for Joe Burrow. Quote, if you look at any great team that is a quarterback that's lasted any period of time that has some substantial accomplishments, start with the guys in the trenches. They keep them clean. Of course, he's lobbying for the Bengals to go with the offensive line there. And then he continues about Joe Burrow. Joe may be the most impressive rookie to ever play for the Bengals. We've had some great ones. It's not just the fact that he throws the ball where it's supposed to be thrown, but the leadership on the field. He was an impact player from the moment he stepped on the field. Maybe the single greatest choice they've had. Wow. Uh, This is a guy who, you know, has been around a lot of good players with the Cincinnati Bengals. And I know that Joe Burrow's rookie year unfortunately ended prematurely, but uh, some glowing reviews by Bruce Kozerski there. Go check that out with Nicole Zembrode over at All Bengals. Really good stuff there. Another good friend from another Bengals news network, Chris Rowling over at Bengals Wire. Um, he kind of did a little bit of what John did with offensive line, but he went the other way with it. He said, if the Bengals don't go, Jamar Chase at five, who are some of the guys out outside, uh, you know, outside of the first round that they should be looking at in the second round. Uh, so you got Elijah Moore of Ole Miss, um, Rashad Bateman of Minnesota, and a couple of others. Uh, two, I think Tutu Atwell is on here. Of course, Terrace Marshall, a guy who had yet another good workout himself um, at the LSU Pro Day. I think he ran a sub for, for as well. So, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of interesting names. And look, I mean, I know people have kind of – dug their feet in the sand in terms of, hey, you know, you go Penny Sewell at five and then you go wide receiver later, or you go Jamar Chase at five and you go offensive line later. The good news is even if you, I I think most people who are rational uh, (laughs) about it, I think whatever camp you may be in, I think you can kind of still be pretty happy with, even if they go the route that you don't prefer them to go because they are in all likelihood getting a very good offensive line prospect in Panay Sewell and then hopefully getting a wide receiver threat in the at the top of the second round they went wide receiver at the top of the second round last year and he ended up being a pretty good player for him as a rookie so I mean it works out for him the Bengals have had a successful track record drafting both running backs and wide receivers who have been very effective in the second round so maybe that's where they end up going there but I think even if they go a route that you don't prefer as a fan. I think you can kind of see the rationale and I hope that you can be pleased that the Bengals are poised at number five to get a blue chip player because they're not in need of a quarterback this year. They are in, in prime position to get a blue chip player, whether it's Panay Sewell, whether it's Jamar Chase, whether it's Kyle Pitts and, and you know, still be able to do some, some great things in rounds two and three to help their football team. So, um, you know, I, interesting article there from Chris Rowling over at Bengals Wire. I hope you check it out. Some good wide receiver options beyond round one that the Bengals could look at. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals Podcast. This is the Monday Water Cooler Chat. We call it the Water Cooler Chat because you know. In the office, you used to be able to kind of huddle around a water cooler, get your cup of water, and chat about some sports, chat about football, chat about the Cincinnati Bengals. And even though we are not all in an office together, we're still kind of huddling around a water cooler, so to speak, or something, and talking some Bengals, running through some headlines about the team, the AFC North, and the NFL. And, of course, this show and the other episodes of our podcast is brought to you by Symbol. Go download the app there. Put in the promo code uh obi and you can get a 10 dollar credit towards their um their investments there cool stuff by symbol and of course if you're new to this program subscribe to our youtube channel subscribe to our podcast channel so you can n- get notified when new material is out when we're going live whether it's the obi shows the orange is the new black with ace and zim or chalk talk from matt minnick we're putting out a lot of different stuff on all kinds of different platforms. So hopefully you're enjoying what we're putting out there and we appreciate all the support you've been showing us, Um, whether you're new and supporting everything we do or a longtime listener, we love you all and appreciate it. Let's roll on. Not much to say here and not much to show, I I suppose. I I guess I just kind of wanted to, Give a shout-out to these guys, Jay Morrison and Paul Daner, Jr. of The Athletic. It is a paid subscription site, so go. I mean, they're, they're running a good special, I think, through today. But they're doing a really cool 11-part series, and the first one they did, they put out on April 5th, the offensive line, where they talk about options and not just Panay Sewell. You can see here it's not Panay Sewell or Bust to fix the offensive line. Um, so got, they're got they going to go through 11 different You know, it's a positional series there and how the Bengals could address certain things in the draft coming up at the end of the month. So go check out what Paul Daner Jr. and Jay Morrison are doing. Subscribe to the Athletic. They put out a lot of quality content aside from you know kind of reporting news and breaking news and all that kind of stuff. They have a lot of great analysis. They also do a great podcast there. So check out what they're what they're putting out there. Great guys, great stuff. Let's transition to the AFC North a little bit, a little light on news in the AFC North this week, but this, I just thought this is just kind of fun. Um, I I don't know if we, if we have any NCAA basketball fans, but Jalen Suggs of Gonzaga, the young man who hit the crazy three point shot to propel the Bulldogs into the NCAA championship. He is actually a, I don't know if you want to call it a distant relative or, um, he's related two Terrell Suggs. I think they're second cousins or something of the like. Um, so just kind of interesting, a guy who uh, played for the Ravens for a really long time and a guy who was in the, in the news this month and this week for his performance. Um, th- there is a connection there. So go to Baltimore Ravens.com and you can check out a, a cool story about how those two are related. And um, you know, obviously big week for, for Jalen Suggs after nailing that shot. It was, I don't know. if you guys watch that game or not? That, was, that game was, Nuts, um, but fun stuff there. A little bit of a, a little fun factoid for you all. Speaking of mock draft Monday, the Cleveland Browns are. What are they going to do at twenty six? Right, I mean they they're not used to picking that late unless they've made trades or you know acquired a pick or what have you. They're not used to picking that that late because of a successful season and. The Cleveland Browns have made it have made it known that they are really in the market for a pass rusher um, opposite of Miles Garrett. They pursued J.J. Watt. They were going to reportedly pursue Von Miller should he have come available and be released from Denver. Uh, his his off field situation seemed to have remedied itself, so he's Von Miller still going to stick around in Denver? But they have been really, really wanting another pass rusher they added tack mckinley if you remember tack mckinley was briefly with the Bengals before failing a physical last year um but so you can see here this is a mock draft rundown in terms of uh what everybody's saying the browns should do or what they think they will do at number 26 in just under a month uh you see here gregory russo jalen phillips micah parsons um Christian Barmore, a lot of defense, a lot of defense. The Browns have shored up their offensive line seemingly. They've sewn up their, their quarterback. They've got the running backs. They've got the wide receiver talent. Now it's really just, um, you know, doing more on the on the defensive side of the ball. And I, I think they've been pretty public about what they want to do there. But you see Jalen Phillips, Quiddie Pay, So a lot of edge talent, interior defensive line, talent and then of course a linebacker there that's kind of what we should expect from the Cleveland Browns this year at least in the first round and you know the Bengals were kind of beneficiaries of grabbing away Larry Joby, a, a guy who you know he's had a, a few ups and downs but he's been a very you know overall pretty productive interior defensive player so a guy that I, I think most Bengals fans are pretty excited about and then you add in Mike Daniels a week or so later and you know you're you're hopefully building a nice rotation for the Cincinnati Bengals but you know that that leaves a a roster hole for the Cleveland Browns losing Ogan Joby and they they might be looking to find a way to remedy that talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers just going to be here a few more minutes thanks everybody for tuning in on Monday for the water cooler chat this is uh I, i'm not going to go too far into this but this is on steelers.com I, and I, I bring this up because you go, well, why why would we go to Steelers.com and <laughs> look up an article about them talking about tight ends for the, for the Steelers? Well, the reason is, is I think, I, I think tight ends for, for the Bengals is actually kind of a sneaky positional need. Drew Sample started showing some things late last year that you started to, you know, feel better about in terms of his outlook with the team and future with the team. You do have CJ Ozama, who's emerged as a nice player, but he obviously had his season end very early with a with a season-ending injury. So, and then kind of behind that, you've got some question marks. You lost Ethan Carter, who's kind of an H back special teams guy, and you know the Bengals are going to maybe want another weapon there. Maybe I know they don't really value tight end that much. At least Zach Taylor and the old Ram system did not. But these are some guys that they could think of uh, think of in the NFL draft and while this is on Steelers.com and the Steelers may be grabbing one of these guys there are a couple of names that in which Bengals fans should become potentially familiar with right I mean you got Tommy Tremble a Notre Dame kid a guy that I think is starting to emerge a bit more in terms of a name that is coming to prominence um Here's some others, Kyle Granson, Hunter Long, of course, Brevin Jordan, a really, really interesting guy, small, but athletic, raw. Um, And, you know, a a guy that's just, you know, my uh, Miami mold tight end pass catcher, pass catcher, pass catcher. And, you know, you got to develop blocking and all of that, but a guy that could be very interesting, you know, depending on when he's hanging out there. So uh, you've got, Pat Fryermuth of uh, Penn State, another guy who's one of the better ones in this class, and then of course you got Kyle Pitts. But uh, check out—it's called the Triple Take, tight ends, and it's something that is on Steelers.com. So if you want to kind of get familiar with a position group, I thought that was a pretty interesting, pretty interesting breakdown of uh, some of the top names there and guys that you know, as the Bengals maybe are on late day two, early day three, that sort of thing. Some guys that could be hanging out there and could be fits for them and their offense. They may look to add to that position group based on what happened last year, what is not there, et cetera. Ron Muir here says, Brevin Jordan is a beast. Yeah. I mean, you got to use them, got to use them correctly, but there's a lot of athleticism and a lot of talent there. It's just, you know, how do you, as a coaching staff, how do you, you know, rein that in and and make it work, especially if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, but um, check that out. And the, Steelers have had some pretty good tight ends there as well in their history. So, um, you know, none better really recently than Heath Miller, a guy who played forever for them and was a very effective player. So, you know, it's a position that they value, and they'll they'll probably grab a name that is familiar to a lot of Bengals fans. But go check out that article. I thought it was pretty interesting. Speaking of AFC North, this was kind of a little bit of a cold splash of water here on NFL.com. I believe this is, yeah, Mark Sessler. Um As you look at, he put this out Monday morning, AFC North roster reset a three horse race at the top of the division. Well, I think we know who the three horses are that he's referring to. And the one black sheep on that is the Cincinnati Bengals. So um, you know, talks about biggest addition, biggest loss, top draft priority. He says wide receiver is the top draft priority, which hard to argue there. Um, and you can kind of see here. What, what, what his breakdowns are, his final thoughts, you know, are the Bengals trading out of the five spot? Um, you know, Mike Hilton is coming off of a down campaign, but I like this signing. Um, you know, basically says, you know, they're headed in a good direction. They've got, you know, some talent. They've done some decent things with their roster, but still not enough to compete with the other three who all made, you know, the postseason last year. So kind of a little bit of a, Splash of cold water a little bit, but check that out on NFL.com. It was a good breakdown, I think, at least of the division. There's been some, and I think a lot of our listeners, at least, would be interested. I don't want to belabor this too much, but there's been a lot of talk about um, Justin Fields' work ethic. I don't know if you guys are on Twitter, but there's some stuff about you know JTO Sullivan said some stuff. Dan Orlovsky relayed some things that he said he had heard from football teams, et cetera. And so now you've got the Ohio state coach, Ryan day calls out quote reckless comments about Justin uh, Justin field's work ethic. Um, So check that out. He his coach is quick to defend it as are a lot of them. So uh, you could see here, I think it's, he, yeah, I was telling Peter King, this quote, the whole idea that he doesn't have a very good worth work ethic question mark. Day told King, I mean, to me, that's crazy. He got done with the Clemson game, the loss in the college football playoffs in the 2019 season. And he came back and all he did was work to get back to that game. And when those other guys are opting out, what's he do? He petitions to have a season. He put together this petition that the Big Ten athletes all signed saying they want to play, but they want to play safely. And then they don't accept canceling the season. It was all led by Justin Fields. So at any rate, interesting comments by Ryan Day there and backing up Justin Fields it's going to be interesting to see where Justin Fields ends up going in this year's draft obviously one of those big the top big you know three or four quarterbacks um in in this class so you know a uh, very good one very good one and it's good to see that people are kind of backing up or, or or I guess knocking down false narratives the other thing is, too, unfortunately, you know, some slander kind of gets thrown out there that may not even be true feelings or true assessments on players just because of what the draft is and the time of year. And they hope guys fall to their to their laps or they hope teams overreach or whatever. Um, you know, they kind of play this weird chess game. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes young men's character and whatnot get get slighted a little bit and you don't like to see that. so. Um, but Ryan day coming to defense of his former quarterback. This is an interesting one from Adam rank of NFL.com It says mock draft with a twist. So mock draft Monday, this was on April fools, I guess. Um, so check this out. And Adam ranks a pretty entertaining guy. Um, you know, again, he's got the San Francisco 49ers based on their trade. Mac Jones, there's a lot of buzz that Mac Jones is going to be that pick at number three, which a little surprising, a little surprising, I think, for a lot of people and Falcons, Kyle Pitts, and then for the Bengals, he has him going, Pinay Sewell. Um, and he even writes, Since you were in a great spot here. So check out what he has to write there, Adam Rank, with the what teams should do mock draft. A couple more, and we're out of here. This is from Gil Brandt, a long, long time NFL guy, guy who was an architect of many great Dallas Cowboys teams. The Bengals aren't on this list, but he has seven teams that must do well in the 21 draft. And he's got, you know, the Jaguars, the Niners, a lot of, you know, a lot of teams that are having high picks here. And surprisingly, the Bengals aren't in there. He's got the Jets, the Niners, the Jaguars. You got the Bears, um, you know, Patriots, interesting ones. So check that out from Gil Brandt on NFL.com. A good one as well. I think that's where we're gonna where we're gonna end it. Uh, Big Jim Slade's asked, "Will there be a geo trade?" I don't believe so. We've talked about that a little bit on some of our programs. I don't believe there's going to be a geo trade, but we will uh, we will see. I I think a geo trade would probably have taken place if the Bengals were maybe a little more proactive. They were proactive in free agency, but if they got you know maybe if they landed a Kenny Galladay and added that contract to the slate, maybe then. You say, okay, well, you know, now we got to kind of shed some of these contracts here, and and you know, I don't know, I, I I don't want this to to occur, but I don't know if CJ Uzama is also in that conversation. If the Bengals do draft a tight end, if they drafted Kyle Pitts or whoever, I don't know if he, that is in the conversation there. But um, as of now, I don't I don't see a lot of cuts um, for the for the Bengals going forward. I think they're still in a pretty good salary cap situation after these signings. They didn't they didn't go get, you know, a Kenny Galladay or somebody that really, you know, or a, a Joe Tooney or what have you that was commanding, you know, a, a lot of money, especially for 21. So I don't see that, but we'll have to monitor it as it goes forward. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com, the Orange and Black Insider. This has been the Water Cooler Chat. Good, quote unquote, seeing all of you, speaking with you. Get this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio. Um, you can get it on our YouTube channel and go check out not only everything we're putting out there, but every what, what the other fine people on the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network are putting out there. We appreciate all the support. Enjoy the rest of your week. One final announcement before we get out of here. One final announcement our usual midweek show. It's usually on Wednesday. We're actually doing it Thursday evening at 8 Eastern for you live listeners. We're doing it Thursday evening because we have a very special guest, former Dolphins and former Bengals offensive lineman Richmond Webb will be joining us. So those of you on Team Sewell, maybe even those of you on Team Chase, we're going to get some cool insight from him on uh, not only his playing days, with the Dolphins, with the Bengals, and then, of course, looking ahead to the draft, what the Bengals should be looking for, et cetera. So we're excited to have Richmond Webb joining us on the program. Going to have some more special guests coming up as we go towards the NFL draft. But definitely join us for that. And if you can't join us live, get it after the fact on one of those platforms I mentioned. Thanks, guys. Have a good rest of your week.